Welcome to Music Journeys, I'm Mike Foley, grateful to bring you the music and story of Yvette Young. The guitarist and singer brings her band Covet to Columbus tonight for a show at Ace of Cups. Here on Music Journeys, Young explains her tenuous relationship with music, but how learning to play guitar freed her from a fear of performing and changed her mindset from worrying about being perfect to focusing on the healing process that music provides. And we can certainly use some of that after this past week's news cycle. We'll hear some of the riffs she shares on social media, a sneak peek at the new record which she hopes will be released in the fall, and Young delivers an entertaining Fast Five for us as well. What an inspiration and what a talent. Yvette Young, our featured guest on this edition of Music Journeys. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Yvette Young from the band Covet, and this is my music journey. Yvette Young and her band Covet released the song Shibuya in 2018, but when she posted a video of herself playing it, fans took notice and still light up when they hear it today. Everyone always takes out their phone when I play that song because like it's got that one riff where I'm like tapping and it's like really catchy and, and upbeat. And I would say that that one's just interesting to me because um being a guitarist who is also on social media that's like I I just posted for fun like I never thought any of this would happen if I'm to be frank but that riff in the middle I posted one day and that's like the first one that kind of went quote unquote viral (laughs) I'm laughing because I think uh, that's a whole other can of worms I I don't want to talk about right now but yeah it's just that's like the first riff that everyone's like whoa that's the riff and like So now whenever I play it, it just feels like you just hear everyone in the room like, ah, guitar with a genuine sense of joy and ease, but her initial exposure to performing made her feel just the opposite. I started out playing classical piano, and that was something that like my parents wanted me to do. And I remember from a young age, music already was really moving to me. But the one thing I didn't like about it was the whole performance aspect of it, namely competing, like competitions and stuff. Um, I was kind of made to do a lot of piano competitions when I was younger. And it was just like a really high pressure environment for me because I'm kind of a perfectionist. So at the time it felt like a curse. Now it's completely a blessing. (laughs) Um, And then I started doing, uh, playing violin and I played in two orchestras. Um, And and again, at the time I hated playing in orchestra, but now in retrospect, I I actually really appreciate it because it taught me how to play as a group. But yeah, I had like a really kind of tenuous relationship with music at the time because it was a lot of 
pressure from the classical world. And long story short, I got really sick with, I guess, an eating disorder at the time because of all the pressure from school and having to like win all these awards and things like that. And I uh, went to the hospitals when I started playing guitar because while I was in the hospital, I was like, oh, I want to like write songs. So I started kind of taking guitar more seriously, um, got discharged, went to college, started writing more music. Before I knew it, I was playing in a band first for fun. And then I ended up quitting my teaching job to do this full time. So it's been quite a journey. Oh, and I love music, like all of it, piano, violin, guitar. It really helped me recover. How did the guitar help you recover? For me, what was so special about the guitar is number one is something I picked for myself and I never had gotten to do that before. There's no pressure around it. It was purely exploratory for me. So it's like, I didn't even have a teacher. What it also did for me was it kind of, you know, when you have an eating disorder, you become really fixated on how you look and it's all about control. I want to give a trigger warning to anyone listening. Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about that just because it was part of my history. So I'm sorry if like this kind of affects anyone. But yeah, I uh, at the time I was really focused on how I looked and um, just being a perfectionist about grades, all these other things. And what guitar kind of did for me was it took my focus off my external appearance and it kind of put my self-worth more into like what I can do with my hands and like what I can like make with music. San Jose, California, Young's parents came to the U.S. from Beijing. They enjoyed a lot of classical music. It's just that Young's love of guitar led her to a different sound. So it was really empowering, actually, for me. It made me feel like I had a voice. I, I wasn't the most outspoken person ever, and um, I had trouble expressing emotions because um, that was something that we repressed. And guitar for me, in particular, writing music on guitar was kind of this like super cathartic, beautiful thing where it was like purely exploratory, no pressure, no demands, just kind of like music therapy. So I actually went into um, when I was in college because of what guitar had done for me, I did a little bit of like music therapy as well. And I found that to be really rewarding. And now I feel like I get to do it just by playing music for people at shows. <laughs> That's exactly how it is. That's exactly the impact music has on me. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. <laughs> the key to teaching yourself something is you have to be really excited about it. Because if you're anything like me, I'm pretty bad at sticking with something I hate doing. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, you have to be really stoked on it. Where I started was I was already a music consumer. I listened to all kinds of music. And then I started learning the songs and they're in different tunings. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like I can change the guitar tuning. So I started writing stuff on my own and kind of just figuring out through learning other people's things. Kind of felt like when you play a video game, you like conquer a level. And then when you conquer that level, you acquire new skills. Um, And as like a guitar player, I guess my goal was like trying to get like a huge toolkit of techniques to draw from. So I started learning finger picking and tapping. Even to this day, I feel like I'm still learning on the instrument, bending and like palm muting and stuff. That's I just started, I just realized how cool that was. And I started doing it more on this new record. So I feel like I'm still learning. 10 years in, I'm still learning. <laughs> Can you give us an example of that technique? Uh, yeah. Put on the spot. Let me see. Uh, let me see if I can, I'm in the right tuning. <laughs> and then a little top run. Did the other instruments you learned in some way help you navigate the guitar? Uh, Definitely. I feel like piano informed me the most just because when I started out, I didn't have a band or anything. So I was trying to sound really full as just one person. So I was like, all right, I'm going to use like the lower strings as kind of like a drone, like almost like how on piano you harmonize with your left hand and then your right is like the lead melody. So I almost did that with the guitar where it's like my left hand was doing the fretting and then my thumb was doing the droning on the lower strings. And then the lead was like kind of the fingers on my right hand. I also like, I feel like my frame of reference for everything, like if you were to sing a melody for me and I close my eyes because I started on piano, I'm always going to envision a keyboard. I never envisioned the fretboard. So for instance, I write with my voice because everyone plays an instrument. Like if you can hum a melody, uh, you can you can write a song. So I, I started out kind of humming like, oh, I, that would be a cool thing. And then I kind of, I can picture it on the keyboard immediately. But then on guitar, I'm like, because I'm in all these different tunings, I'm kind of retroactively like figuring out how to play it. So everything feels really new to me when I start out. These new songs came from, a lot of them came from demos. I did have like effects, so a lot of them are actually really tonally inspired because I'm just going to go on a quick tangent. 
inspiration for me. Um, I mentioned that I sing melodies sometimes, but sometimes when I don't know what to play, I kind of just plug into effect and like it kind of drastically changes how I approach the instrument because I'm forced to be a listener rather than like forcing my ways on a tone. So for instance, if I were to play just dry right now, I would maybe be more verbose than if I were to plug into a fuzz pedal or a, a beautiful reverb, because then you kind of lose the effect of how gorgeous those trails are or how cool the overtones are if you're just covering it and drowning it in shreds. So a uh, dry, dry tone event is like very verbose, very like um, detailed or whatever. But when I plug into a pedal wet, it's like I kind of lay back and let the tone speak for itself. Um, so a lot of these songs are kind of more chordy. There's like a couple of sludgy ones, 74 BPM unheard of for my band, but we're there. I would say a lot of it also came from time pressure because they were like, an album is due. And so I was like, I have to just like grind now. So um, I think half the record I wrote in like two months or something, but overall I'm like really proud of it. <laughs> Um, I think it's some of my favorite music to date. Definitely, I think it really represents what I, I'm interested in at this moment. So I wish it was as cool as like, album's done. Right. Print it. Like, you know, let's release it right Tour, now. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, because of the pandemic and everything, there's just a lot of shortages in every way, labor, supplies. Um, I know there's like, vinyl is just like extremely backordered. So unfortunately, we're going by the whole clock of when we can get vinyl. So that's probably going to be around fall if things go according to plans. But in the meantime, we're definitely going to drop some singles. And uh, I'm excited for music videos. I think those are going to be really fun. <laughs> uh, not to put you on the spot again, but can you give us a little sneak peek at something? Let me think. I can show you. Uh, let me see. It's just tricky because I don't have any of my pedals here right now because I, I have rehearsal um, and they're all there. But I can let me see. I can play. Let me cycle through the songs. They're actually on the whiteboard right now. All right. Let a little preview it. there. Yeah. OK. So I have this one riff. I don't know if I can play it. Good. Let me see. Okay, let me do it again. I just I think it's so funny because I just talked about like chilling out and and playing slow and like <laughs> not being verbose and then because I don't have any of the effects here to like showcase that I just had to play something dry that was like the notiest thing <laughs> so yeah that's one of the more like uh busier ones on the record for sure <laughs> and what was the name of that one um that one's gonna be the album closer I believe it's called Danny Mall. That one is really fun because we I put some like glitch effects on it and um, 
fun fact about that song I wrote that it that's the intro and I wrote that last because I had all these other riffs I actually started out with this riff kind of noty thing I came up with that first and I was like you can't just like open the song with that that just isn't right so I <laughs> I ended up building like the entire song from middle out and then I waited last minute to come up with the intro and that ended up being the last thing that I put on it and then I recorded it and demoed it out and it's finished <laughs> that's wonderful I'm curious about how you convey your feelings and the meaning in the song without words how you do that I mean, you've got vocals on some songs. Mm -hmm. How do you know when a song might be better with your vocals versus not? That's a great question. To me, that's like the most fun part of writing instrumental music. I always kind of describe it like more abstract art where it's like you can't draw any sort of like figurative thing. It can't have any sort of literal semantic meaning or whatever but you can use colors and textures and compositional elements even like just shapes to to kind of convey a feeling instrumental music I'm I always like compare having effects to, to colors to me melody is like just the black and white drawing portion of it and you're using effects to selectively color in parts of your black and white drawing to help it come to life and ultimately I think my goal is to think about something when I'm writing I always do I always have like something specific in mind um, that I focus on and I try to write I kind of try to do it justice like be it a feeling a person a place um, so most of the time it's like a full on story. And to me, it feels like when I'm writing a song, it's like melodic storytelling. And to me, I've succeeded when I play it for someone and they kind of feel like, oh, that one sounds like a grumpy king or that one sounds like, you know, it made me feel really ambivalent, like pulled me in several directions. And it made me feel uneasy. Yes, that's what I wanted to do. And <laughs> to me, that's when I've written a successful song.
I feel like I wouldn't be here if I didn't have music. To me, this thing I'm holding, this guitar, it's like sacred to me because definitely I wouldn't really have a sense of who I am, I feel. It's crazy how context is everything because if you put music in the context of you have to compete with people and like you have to make a name for yourself or whatever, like I think I hate it. Like I wouldn't really want to do it because to me that's like an empty pursuit for me. But then when I put it in the context of therapy, how it can heal people and how it can speak to people, even if you don't speak the same language, you come from different backgrounds. That's another thing I love about shows, by the way, is I look at our audience and it's just people from all kinds of backgrounds is people, every age range, every ethnicity, every cultural, socioeconomic background, every gender, every like, you know, like just it's just so cool. And it's almost cool because who I am doesn't really matter, right? Like when I'm playing a song, people aren't really looking at who I am. They're just like listening to music. So for a shy person such as myself, I know it's funny because I'm like in front of crowds all the time, which I had to practice. <laughs> it didn't come natural to me. Um, and it's telling stories and it's maybe inspiring other people to also try to do, it, do that as well and find music as an outlet. going through my eating disorder music was my outlet drawing was my outlet and I feel like like I said earlier I wouldn't be here right now if not for finding those healthier outlets so for me it's just a chance to spread that joy spread the gospel of guitar and um, help other people find healthy outlets for themselves and maybe that'll help them cope with whatever they're dealing with life's hard <laughs> so I think everyone can agree music is tight <laughs> Hey, whether you're 30-year-old or 50-year-old, music is tight. We had a little more fun with Yvette Young and the Fast Five. Here we go. Okay. And there's only five. I won't keep you here all day. Is that something? something oh, no you, worries. Is that all right? Uh, okay. The yeah, first, first totally song. Cool. The first song that you can remember hearing that you loved. The Lark by Glinka Bullock-Grieve. It's so beautiful. I remember that was the first time I was like almost moved to tears. Um, and it was so special because I got to perform that piece when I was really young. I was like probably nine or 10 or something. And I felt it. It was like, I, I don't want to sound cheesy, but I was like one with the piece. And I feel like ever since then, I've been chasing that feeling of being actually inside the song when I'm playing like that's the feeling I want that's how I play a good show is when I no longer think about what I'm doing or who's there I'm like in the song yeah the lark that's check it out wonderful definitely will <laughs> uh how about the song that makes you feel 
uh, the most nostalgic or sparks memories for you? I feel like a lot of music in my formative years, like in high school, the early 2000s, maybe like coming out of the late 90s. I guess my answer is just any music from that era, I feel like really speaks to me. Uh, if I were to choose a song, maybe um, On the Safest Ledge by Copeland. just really a beautifully written song it's very emotional and it just reminds me of being a teenager figuring out life <laughs> hey we're still figuring it out right now right uh, oh yeah definitely i'll never <laughs> figure it out <laughs> how about your go-to song for dancing or uh you know a song that you hear and you just can't sit still when you hear it oh gosh there's so many of those um i would say there's a song by holy ghost heaven knows what this One has just like the grooviest bass line and it has like the super cool feel where it's like behind the beat. It's a like great pocket. So that one, I feel like I have to kind of like do this. I don't know if people can see me, but like I'm right now, what I'm doing is moving my chin in a very dorky manner. Um, <laughs> sort of along those lines. How about the song that makes you feel like working out or motivates you to do something that maybe you don't feel like doing at the time? You know what? I recently got back into... Um, this band called Mew. I never got out of them. I just like didn't listen to them for a while. But they have this one song called Introducing Palace Players. also gets me in the mood to just like uh this word is cringy to me but like grind i feel like i just like wanna wanna grind i don't know what that word means but yeah the introducing palace players by me that's my answer that's my final answer final answer okay <laughs> uh final question by the way uh how about a song that lifts you up when you're feeling down gosh i've cried to so many pine grove records there's this band pine grove that i love uh there's a song called aphasia I think that's like one of my my personal favorite guitar solos at the end of that song. It's not really like a traditional 
solo by any means, but it's just so, the tone is just so cool. All right, Vet, that's all the questions I have. Thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure he- hearing your story and talking some music with you. It's so inspiring and uh, can't wait for the show coming up here in Columbus. Oh, I can't wait to say hey in person. Thanks so much for actually really amazing questions. I had a blast. Bye-bye. I'm Mike Foley. Talk to you again on the next Music Journey. Yeah.